Live Fitter and Longer with The Fitness Show, hosted by fitness expert, author, and TV personality, Fitz Kohler. She'll tell you why diets are dumb, supplements are snake oil, and the truth about how you can earn a lean, hard, pain-free, and athletic body. Now for our favorite bossy blonde, Fitz Kohler. Hi team, I'm Fitz Kohler, your fitness expert and very noisy race announcer from fitness.com and welcome to the fitness show. Um, I'm going to get started. I've got a great interview today I'm really excited about, but before I do that, two quick notes is first of all, I want to send my love and um, regards to the family of Alberto Piroset. He's one of my favorite runners from California. Gerd Breaker um, as the barefoot runner, the man who ran over 200 marathons barefoot. He was a sweetheart and a gentleman and an extraordinary athlete. And I absolutely loved seeing his face at my start and finish line. So I will miss him very much for everyone else who misses them, uh, misses him. I'm sending you my love. It's a big loss for the running industry and for humanity in general. What a great guy. So Alberto, Love you so much. And then also a reminder, because I'm seeing people get back to life and hearing still some difficult stories is, folks, if you have not rescheduled all the annual exams that were canceled during the COVID shutdown, it's time. Get off your fanny, make the appointment, get your colonoscopy and your mammogram and your pap smear and your eyes checked and all of the things. Um, just because people stop doing cancer screenings does not mean cancer discontinued appearing in our body. So it's time, get up, get moving, do what's right for you. And uh, I expect you all to live very well and very long. Okay, now we get to get moving with my guest. His name is Gene Dykes. They call him the world's fastest 70 year old. He's a little bit beyond that now, but uh, he's an extraordinary athlete and truly showing that age is just a number. And if you work hard and you put in the effort, yeah, you don't really have to get old. You get the the privilege of tacking years onto your life, but you can still pursue athletic adventure and extraordinary health no matter how old you are. So I love this guy. He's a real sweetheart too. So I'm going to welcome Mr. Gene Dykes. Hi, Gene. Hi there. Good <laughs> so, to see you. I'm so happy to have you back. You just got back from Antarctica. Yeah, it's, you know, one of those bucket list trips we always wanted to take, and uh, it, it was amazing. You know, some people went down to see penguins, some seals, whales. I went down to see ice, and boy, did I see a lot of it. Did you see, did you, um, do you have the outfits? I mean, you're from Philadelphia, so you probably do have the proper wardrobe for Antarctica. It's quite similar in temperature, right? Yeah, well, boy, we took down everything but the kitchen sink to wear down there, and uh <laughs> But you know, usually it was just about freezing. I mean, it's summer down there, and uh, it uh, it was usually, you know, we were probably overdressed most of the time. Wow, that sounds like a very fun time, and and just another exhibit A of who you are. You're a guy who goes to Antarctica because it's on your bucket list. So many people think of just you know going across our own country, and they never do. So a man of action for sure. So before we get started, Gene, talking about your extraordinary running career and all of your accomplishments, I want to ask a few get to know you questions because I think they're very interesting. Sometimes we do it at the end of the show. Today, I want to do them at the beginning. So um, I'm going to start with who is your first Hollywood crush? My first Hollywood crush. 
Wow. I mean, you know, I, I, I adored movies when I was, you know, four or five years old. I don't think we want to go back <laughs> that far because it would probably be Bugs Bunny or something. But uh, <laughs> uh, well, let's see. No, I think so. We got to talk about high school area, right? Can we come back to that? No, no, we're not. We're going to stay away. Who was your <laughs> So I can think... go back to, I think five yeah. years old for me was John Travolta. Do you have any sort of, I don't know, Hollywood crush? Oh, boy, I'm trying to think. Um, gee, I didn't, you know, discover girls until I was like 16 or something. So it was, uh, it, would, it would probably have had to wait till then. Let's see. Um uh, gee, I don't know. I might have to go with Jodie Foster because she was just so in, in, intelligent and smart. And uh, I, I always enjoyed her in uh, every movie I saw. I love that. That's a great answer. Jodie's, uh, you're right, very talented and beautiful as well. And I think she um, ran a marathon too. Did she? I'm not, I might have. I think she, I know she ran. I'll have to check into that. Her and mm -hmm. Oprah are running friends. <laughs> um, and then... If you're watching, feel free to use the comment section to say hello, ask questions. We have Mario Zuniga saying good morning. Hi, Mario. Good to see you. All right. So Hollywood Crush, Jodie Foster, what's your favorite book? My favorite book. Well, if we go way back when, I remember reading The Robe about three, three or four times, which would be a funny choice since uh, now I'm an atheist. But uh, it was uh, just such a you know, powerful book to me back then. Uh, since then, uh, I guess most of my spare time reading is science and science fiction, uh, you know, the occasional thriller. Uh, I'd say the book that really uh, thought was just so much fun was uh, uh, Orson Scott's cards, the uh, <clears throat> uh, Ender's Game. Uh, he really writes, so you get into the head of the, the people, and uh, he, he writes so interestingly about the, the thoughts of people. And uh, his science fiction isn't bad either. But okay. uh, I'd say he does more like character studies in the science fiction setting than, than hard science fiction. Okay. And then what about your favorite movie? Oh, I, I, I'm actually keeping a list of those. I've... I've uh, from way back when, we got to go with uh, 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 Ben Hur. Okay. A lot of people groan about that, but you know, all time Academy Award winner. Right. Big uh, deal movie. Yeah. Uh, oh, I see Groundhog Day the most often, I guess. Every really? Year, you know, oh, I just, I just, I could just watch it again and again and again. That's hilarious. <laughs> I, I do like that movie. That's a fun one. I, I yeah. Groundhog Day. Uh, uh, one of the most fun time I've had in a movie was, uh, oh, I can't remember, five or six years ago. It was the Argentinian entry for uh, Best Picture. It was called Wild Tales. And if you, you come out of a movie theater and, you know, everybody's a stranger, right? People yeah. came out of this theater and they were all just saying, Did you, can you believe what we just saw? Okay. Amazing, amazing. It was, it's six short stories all linked up by a common theme which is life starts normally and then it goes completely off the rails and uh, you really were beginning to try and guess at the beginning of each segment where is this one going to go and uh, amazing amazing piece of filmmaking 
I love that. I always get great suggestions doing these interviews. Mm -hmm. All right, Gene. So are you a salty or a sweet guy? Oh, boy. Um, well, I think on my gravestone, they're going to write the epitaph, needs more salt. More salt. <laughs> okay. Because that's what I, I get in a restaurant. And it's the trend these days. They don't give you salt shakers. And right. then I get in the middle of the meal and realize I need salt and you have to have to flag down a, a waiter. It's really annoying. Uh, so I guess I'm salt guy, but um, you can't beat salt and sweet together. No, you're right. You're right. That is uh, salted caramel stuff is my new kick. I really enjoy that. Now, I went I ran only one marathon. I've run tons of races of shorter and different distances, but during Boston, what I asked for people to bring me on the side of the road was um, potato chips. Have you ever had potato chip deliveries during a race? Oh, not potato chips. I was kind of famous for a while that I would scout the course the day ahead and plant Coke bottles here and there. And, uh, and then I would pick them up off the side of the road uh, during the race because it uh, gave you a little power surge, it kind of quelled nausea, uh, yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, caffeine and the sugar, both both were helps. I've since graduated to a, a different fuel for marathons, but uh, that's what I was famous for back when. Okay, well, we'll, we'll talk about that as well. And then um, final starter question, what's your worst habit, Gene? My worst habit? Oh, probably procrastination. I mean, uh, I just, you know, I, nothing's worth doing that, you know, you, you can't put off for another day, I suppose. And I, you know, Christmas shopping, haven't even begun to think about it yet. Well, right. You've got like four days left. Yeah, Come yeah. on. <laughs> Way ahead of schedule. Imagine what all the, the anxiety is about. So, uh, yeah, no, I, uh, generally put things off until the very last second. Except for your training. Uh, well, there, I just, whatever my coach tells me, I do, you know, okay. it's sort of out of my control there. I, I just cede all control to my coach. I love it. So Gene, what are your most significant titles? You know, so we have the world's fastest 70 year old, but what are the, the, uh, accomplishments that mean the most to you? Well, um, you know, I, I sort of picked up a, I keep saying, you know, you won one run one good race and all of a sudden everybody knows your name. Right. And, uh, but it took a, a long, long time to get to that point. You know, I certainly was not uh, an overnight success. Every year I, you know, I tried to get a little better. And, uh, but I'm hoping that uh, I'll be known as that old guy, man, he can still do 100 mile races. You know, that's, that's what I'd, uh, would uh, hope for them even more than, than uh, setting marathon records. Okay, so longevity. So interestingly enough, Gene, and, and you ran three of my races in 2019 that I announced. So you ran Big Sur, you ran Los Angeles and Philadelphia. And you're one of the people, I mean, when I, I'm working or I'm partnered with Rudy Novotny and we're announcing races together, we're often, we look, we're looking for the winners, right? And then we're looking for our friends. And we have 
oodles and oodles of friends that we really want to welcome especially but you're the guy you're the one when you come through because you come through laced between 28 year olds and three 38 year olds that blow your mind and where you know we're we're gushing over all of their athletic talent and their speed and then boom oh my god there's gene dykes and we we fan out you know rudy and i are smacking each other look and then you know we look at the name we look at your age and we we just can't fathom how you do what you do. So you are actually the big deal. I'm sure unless Des or Meb were running our race, we really don't fan out over anybody. But when we see you, we lose it. Um, so so you definitely have conquered something special within the running industry. Now, uh, we're, let's go way, way back. Were you an athletic kid? Oh, yeah. I've always been, uh, always been into sports, <clears throat> you know, all through... Uh... All through high school and college, I always would uh, try and enter everything I could. Yeah. Intramurals, I, I did 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 them all in college. Uh, I even, I, I can't swim a lick. And okay. I was so annoyed one day that I, none of the swimmers in my house would, would go to the event. I said, well, I'll go do it, you know. I had never swum the backstroke in my life. And so I, we needed somebody in the backstroke. I made it. By the time I made it to the end of the pool, everybody had, you know, gone back and finished at the other end. And I turned around, kept going, and I just started sinking. You know? <laughs> just, yeah, I think everybody jumped in and pulled me out. But, you know, I'm, I'm determined to try anything. And and were those the, I hate to say the basic sports, but football, baseball, basketball, whatever was offered type thing? Yeah, I, you know, I, I'd play... Uh, football and baseball in my backyard a lot. Basketball, I was never good. I could shoot real well, uh, but that doesn't get you anywhere in a pickup game. So uh, right. uh, so basketball was never high up there. But uh, I grew up uh, golfing and bowling a, a, an awful lot. Those have been my lifetime sports. Uh, started bowling when I was five years old and golfing when I was seven. And uh, so those were always the mainstays. But no, I, I love the team sports. Uh, so that's interesting because golfing and bowling are just about as far as you can get from running really far as it goes in sport, right? Uh, almost. There's, you know, there's this new popular, you know, running golf where they combine you know, this time it takes you to play and, you, and your score. And uh, of course, guys can go out there and run both faster than I can and, and play golf way better than I can. So it's nothing I could compete at. But uh, maybe one day I'll, I'll find a, somebody who has an age group. Category. I was just going to say, if there's an age group, you're going to destroy everybody. That's well, there's my... so many races that I'd love to do, but, you know, the, the really odd races, the participation isn't high enough to justify age groups. Okay. Uh, okay. I mean, for instance, Biggs Backyards Ultra, you know, they don't have age groups there. I mean, people say you can do that. Well, you know, what can I do? I can't compete against uh, all those uh uh, great runners. So. so so when you go out for a race and you just posted your 22 calendar, which already has over 30 events on it, are you specifically going to win? Is that your motivation? I'm going to go and I'm going to take home some hardware. Oh, no. I, uh, you know, hardware just goes up, goes up in my closet somewhere. And, and I, I'm not sure people believe me, but, uh, you know, I told people for three years that I was going to try and uh, break the M70 uh, world record. 
the no, not just the age 70 world record, not the age. I didn't think the age group was anything that could be beaten. Okay. But uh, the reason I put that pressure on myself was to put pressure on my training, to motivate it, to give meaning to my training, okay. you know, and achieving that goal of getting the age 70 marathon record was just, you know, so like achieving the goal. I didn't want to hold the record. I just wanted to, to do it. And uh, that's why it's been you know, kind of surprising to me that then when I went on ahead to break the, the age group world record, that there was so much attention. I, I thought, well, I didn't tell anybody going down there I was going to try and do it. And I thought, well, I'll make a little post on Facebook and maybe a couple of friends will congratulate me. And well, it didn't turn out that way. So uh, what was the time you were trying to beat? World record between its age group 70, 74, correct? Uh, well, at first, I didn't I didn't have that in mind, just the age 70 record. There's a, a website that keeps track of single age records. Okay. And Ed Whitlock didn't run very fast that year. It was uh, three, three hours and 23 seconds, I believe. And I said, oh, I can... I was improving year after year. And I said, by the time I'm 70, if I can just keep improving three more years, I, I might be able to do that. And I ran 257 something at the Rotterdam. And it wasn't until then that I realized I was only three and a half minutes away from the, from the age group record. So uh, I, I tried a couple more times that year and, and uh, finally did it on the fourth try. And where was that and what was your time? Uh, the Jacksonville Marathon in Florida. Nice. And uh, the age group world record was 254.48, and I ran 254.23. Um, and, and did you know it when you crossed the line that you'd done it? Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, you know, I, could, I had started right at, the, at uh, the start line because world records are based on, on gun time, not chip time. And uh, it wasn't until about half an hour later that I discovered that despite what I thought the race director had assured me, he didn't sanction the race. And so without a USATF sanction, it's not eligible for records. So it's uh, unofficial. Okay. All right. Well, still very special and darn it. And as I said, it was just a goal I had. Yeah. I don't, I'm, you know, if I can't beat it again, I'm just a flash in the pan who wants to be that so no that's incredible it actually is extraordinary and what i like is that uh you did it at 70. i mean somebody's got to have the record right but have you become fitter as you've aged uh well since i started doing marathons at age 58 uh, i improved for uh, 12 straight years i really haven't had a chance i suspect i've slowed down now that i'm approaching 74 but uh you know, hope springs eternal at the London Marathon next year. I'll, I'll hope to be in shape to give it a go. Yeah, yeah, I hope for you too. I feel I'm pretty good about waging that bet. Now, um, there's the running side of thing, and what you've accomplished is extraordinary. But uh, my entire life has been dedicated to fitness and trying to encourage people to get up and do something, no matter where they are in their life, whether they're a little kid or they're in their 20s or 50s or 90s, and you are that exhibit A of what's possible. And it's interesting when you combine fitness and running and so many people say, well, I'm in my fifties, I've never run before, I can't. 
And I looked at your Athlinks profile and there's nothing listed for you before 2006, correct? Uh, that's right. That's uh, 2000. Well, I'm surprised there was something in 2006. Uh, well, yeah, 2006 was my first race uh, in February or March. And what instigated that? Well, I had uh, I had just started running again a year and a half before. So um, I had had to take six years off from running because of a hamstring injury. So, uh, so you had previously been running for leisure and fitness. Yeah, just leisure and fitness. I okay. sometimes in shape, sometimes not. I just just enjoyed running, going out and running uh, into shape now and then. But I fell in with a bad crowd. You know, these guys just talked about racing all the time. They said, "Run with us and join this race and that race." And and finally, uh, actually, that first race, I tucked my daughter into running a trail race with me, a seven-mile trail race. And, uh, oh, it was such a hoot. I mean, I just, I had never done a trail race before and uh, really hadn't raced since uh, college. And uh, it was such a blast jumping over branches and rocks and roots. And and uh, we had such a good time that basically, I guess one of my driving uh, motivations has been every year, I'm going to try and run a little farther on trails. And uh, it, uh, if you just do that, it's amazing where uh, you can end up. Well, yeah, amazing. You can end up doing a 250-mile trail race. Well, two, well I, I entered a 250-mile <laughs> trail race. Uh, I've, I've completed a 238-mile trail race. So uh, I, that's the current goal to beat. It's insanity. And it's the best type of insanity. Literally, while people are saying, I'm too old to walk around the block. I'm in my 50s. And mind I point out that Brad Pitt is also in his 50s. So 50 has all sorts of connotations there. But you decided, ah, I'm going to go run 238 miles. What the hey? I mean, it's just incredible. It's incredible. Do you have any peers, Gene? Peers? Peers. 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 Yeah. Oh, definitely in ultra running, uh, there are some people can uh, totally trounce me. Uh, and for instance, no, grown-ups, grown-ups, not just 35-year-olds. Yeah, but. just like a year younger than I am. Uh, in that 238-mile race, uh, I might have been able to run an hour or two faster. You know, I, I didn't have any desire to, to, to leave it all out there. Okay. But there was another guy, uh, you know, as I say, just a year or two younger, and he beat me by 27 hours. I mean, oh, wow. <laughs> because I don't, I don't train for ultras. Uh, I, I'm sure I could do better at them if I just concentrated on a lot of, a lot of volume, but, but uh, I just do them for fun and I just want to be in good enough shape to, to finish. I, if it's one second ahead of the cutoff, that's great. So what is the mindset going from doing seven something minute miles at a marathon to 30 something minute miles and a trail race and, and, I think the an amateur runner, including myself, you know, someone may freak out over the big differentiation in uh, time, pace time. How do you how do you rationalize all that? How do you handle it? Well, you know, there's so many ways to have fun running, and I guess I don't have much trouble switching hats. But they're clearly very different. You know, in a yeah. road race, you've got to be. Uh, able to run as fast as you can for the distance 
and uh, it, the way I approach ultras, it's just all about finishing. Um, I'm not trying to run as fast as I can, just as far as I can, so to speak. Um, and whereas in a marathon, you know, the suffering is you know, really, it's only about a half hour toward the end that you're, you're really suffering. Whereas uh, in say a 200 miler, you know, I'll usually bonk at about mile 80. That means my glycogen's gone and it's like hitting the wall in a marathon. And can you imagine running after hitting the wall for 120 more miles? No. Basically, (laughs) that's sort of what it's like. You just have to slow down and run with the the energy your body can provide you. And uh, and take, I I told you at Boston, I said, I kind of have a, have a, one of my new mottos is, it isn't always fun doing an ultra trail run, but when it isn't, it's something that's better than fun. And that's taking yourself to the limit and doing something that you know almost nobody else can do, which is to keep pushing on for a hundred miles after you've run out of energy. It's uh, it's uh, really something that makes you feel good about about uh, the sport. Yeah, I, I identify with that. I've had a lot of reasons to struggle with fitness over the past couple of years. And no matter how base level I was, no matter how much less fit I was than I'd been previously before the cancer nonsense, I really just like the act of taxing myself, you know, pushing to exhaustion. I think that's a really noble effort. And it's not only good for your body, but I think it's really good for you up here. I think and and mm injecting that fighting spirit spirit into your life, no matter what's going on, benefits you. Well, and I've also been able to do this in boring races, but usually when you're out there, there's always something new around the corner. And uh, uh, so it's, it's, it's a voyage of discovery. And uh, you're not only discovering things about yourself, but uh, about the terrain you're running through. So I encourage everybody to get out there every year, just Try and run a, an easy trail race and then try and run, run a little further and uh, you might get hooked. Yeah. Morning, morning. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, Mario Zanigo uh, says, you're an amazing inspiration, Gene. I ran my first marathon at age 50 with a time of 3.01, which is fantastic. Hopefully he can be as fast as you. What's your advice for Mario? Uh, I hope he didn't start running hard too early. I, you know, I started when I was, uh, my first marathon was at age 58 and I got better for 12 years. They say, you know, there's some random quote that, uh, it doesn't matter when you start running, you've got 15 good years. So, uh, if you want to be able to run like I am when I'm 70, uh, maybe you should hold off five more years. Okay. But if you want to peak when you're 65, yeah, you've started exactly the right time. Okay. Okay. And then Rudy Novotny wants to know what distances did you race in college? In college. Okay. I started out running the two mile, the mile and the half mile, uh, because that's, you know, what I sold the coach on when I entered because I was a good two miler in high school, but I was terrible. I mean, my teammates lapped me, the opponents lapped me. Uh, I just, was of no use whatsoever to the team as a <clears throat> distance runner. Uh, 
So I taught myself to triple jump and do the intermediate hurdles. And uh, I got a lot of points for the team that way. Uh, uh, and uh, I, I still do trip, triple jumping now. Uh, yeah. Uh, did one in the uh, last couple national uh, track and field races. Uh, but uh, just like running, boy, you sure <laughs> lose a lot of your distance. Uh, well, actually, I've gained distance as an older runner, but I've lost distance as a jumper. So Now, uh, where did you go to school? Uh, Lehigh University, Bethlehem, PA. Okay. All right. Mm -hmm. Beloved by many, Lehigh, for sure. Now, um, which do you prefer, trails or road races? Well, if you have they, to they each scratch a different itch. I'm competitive, yeah. and it's road racing that satisfies that. Uh, and trails, you know, when I'm trying to pick out my things, I really am really looking forward to It's It's always the trail races next year. So if I had to choose, yeah, I'd go with the trail races, yeah, even like though, uh, I'm not nearly as good at them as road racing. That's yeah. okay. And that's, well, that's what I've always done though. I've always, since I started running, I would just run whatever races I felt like. And I hired my coach to run marathons better. And I think at first he, uh, you know, banged his head against the wall every time I signed up for some crazy trail race. But we both come around to the feeling that they don't compete with each other. Uh, trail running gives me a great base for road running, and road running gives me the speed to make trail running, you know, seem easy at, at the pace I run. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to continue to do both uh, every year. Now, you definitely are up on your feet a lot, left, right, left, right, left, right. What other things do you do to supplement your training and to keep your body healthy? Well, sounds like my golf game, too. Left, right, left, right. <laughs> but uh, uh, pretty much I uh, I just run. Um, just run. People always say, gee, you must have a, you know, a great cross training and you must have, you know, good core and and uh, stretching regi regimes and but uh, no i mean i just run uh most dangerous thing i do for my running is is gardening and you know i go at it a whole hog and uh and now i've had to have this rule that i never garden a week before uh, an important race because it leaves me in the, it leaves me in sad shape people refuse to believe that golf and bowling are are good our sports at all. So I'm not Aww. sure they count. They do. But, they certainly do count. But that's very funny that you have to avoid gardening yeah. before um, an important race. Yeah, yeah. Just uh, can really just leaning over and weeding for an hour that uh, that does me in. So um, when you go to these big events or small events, you're pretty popular. What's your what's your favorite? Um, what's your favorite thing to do with your friends on race weekends? Oh, uh, let's see. Well, more and more, you know, if I'm going to a new race, I'll I'll even try and look up my Facebook friends and see who lives in the town I'm going to. And uh, right. that's worked out a couple times. It's uh, I guess my favorite thing is meeting new, new runners because they've all got their own stories and uh, and uh, they're there for the same reason I am to have a great time. And uh, I've learned about a lot of races talking to people at races and uh yeah it's 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 
it's that's been a, a real benefit of picking up a bit of fame is that uh, it's a lot easier to meet people and uh, uh, sometimes it gets a little crazy like at, at boston i went for a went for the the the, uh, the you know the warm-up run the day before yeah and they were going to go three miles or something and people started lining up for selfies yeah and by the time i got got through the last one people were finished oh with, with the with the run i had to go out and run on my own so uh, yeah i but, was uh, no, I, I you know i always get a chance to talk with them and, and it's it's always a pleasure yeah i'm a part of the bar boston buddies and uh you definitely had a huge group of people excited to meet you and i it's uh it's pretty special what you've accomplished you know they want also wanted to meet des so right now you're in the same caliber uh, caliber of running celebrity as Des and Meb, and then there's Jean. Well, I uh, I'm, I'll have to try and get my head around that. <laughs> it, it's it's difficult. Yeah. Um, I will say, I mean, for instance, one of the most surreal things was after Boston 2019. Um, you know, I had done I did pretty well, set a course record, and broke three hours and. And afterwards, somebody comes up to congratulate me, and it's Joan Samuelson. And oh, wow. and I said, wait a minute. I said, she's congratulating me. I mean, yeah. she's the most amazing runner because she's kept at the top of her game, maybe not on an absolute basis, but right. she was she had the highest age graded score of all thirty some thousand runners at Boston, and uh, just just incredible what she's done and. It, it just didn't seem right for her to come up and congratulate me. No. It felt like an imposter. That's in, well, that's interesting. You're definitely not an imposter. But I, you know what I think on Marathon Day or even 5K Day, whatever it is, there's so much extraordinary stuff going on. You know, I love, I admire the champions so much, our speedsters that come up in the front and think, whoa, how do you, how do you go so far so fast for so long? The whole the whole mindset is just very impressive, but then, you know, it's maybe the last hour of the marathon where you really have your breath taken away. So there's a lot of congratulations to go around. Do you ever stick around to see the final finishers, Gene? Well, of course, you know, in trail races, I usually am the final finisher. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, I remember uh, I saw the final finisher at Rotterdam, uh, they had a sort of a ceremony where the winner of the race congratulated the uh, the last place finisher. And yeah, they had like a ticker tape parade coming down. Yeah, totally different than you'll see at uh, most races where yeah, you know a lot of people are are, are gone by then. Um, uh, I guess I can't say that I'm exactly at the finish line toward the end of the race. I I uh, always in a hurry to get to the get to the food area. People sure. say, what's your favorite part of the course? I say, the food tent. You know I mean? Yeah, your I, true I, reward. Yeah. So um, on the food topic, what do you eat before you race? Let's say just a marathon. Marathon. Marathon day? Mm -hmm. Well, I'll have a sort of a light dinner. It doesn't matter what it is, except not something that's hard to digest. So I won't go out and have a have a steak or anything. But uh, so it ends up usually being pasta. Not because it's pasta, but just easy to digest. And... I probably more times than not, I'll have a, you know, 150 calorie energy bar okay. either very early in the morning or middle of the night, but I won't need anything before the race. No, okay. uh, uh, 
if you haven't got it stored in your legs by race day, you know, eating isn't going to help. You don't want anything in your stomach going into a race. It's that's totally counterproductive because then your body has to send blood to your, uh, and uh, it's just a low, uh, not a great source of calories. You know, you burn glycogen and fat and uh, yeah, you don't want to have blood going to your stomach. That's why the type of nutrition you do use during a marathon is something that really gets through your system system fast. And uh, all my calories now come from uh, Mountain <clears throat> instead of uh, Coke. Okay, so that's your, Mario was just asking what your favorite food at aid stations is. Do you carry it with you? Or are you the guy who grabs? I have to carry it with me. Uh, I carry these 320 calorie packets. And I'll start out with uh, a bottle full of it. And I'll drink it by mile eight. And then I'll have the, the other bottle already with the powder in it. Then I'll pour in the water and run about eight miles with it. And then I'll have to pour in a, a new packet. I can get in uh, about a thousand calories that way. And it used to be, I couldn't get in more than 150 calories without getting sick okay. uh, on whatever it was I had. Uh, but you know, Martin just goes right into your system. It really staves off the bunk uh, so that you can run harder than, than, uh, than you've got enough glycogen to carry you through. Uh, it yeah. carries you through the bunk, really. It's, it's terrific <laughs> stuff. That's a really good testimonial. I think a lot of people will enjoy hearing. Now, you're mixing beverages while running at warp speed? Yeah, it's uh, unfortunate that, uh, but, and, you know, it can get kind of messy. You know, you're sitting here trying to run and, <laughs> and ripping open a packet and trying to dump it in there early, you know, and uh, yeah, it, it's tough. Once Once it's in there and mixed, it's okay. I don't mind grabbing it out now and then drinking from it. I don't uh, lose any time that way. But yeah, I'm going to lose, mm, you know, 20 seconds going through an aid station to refill my bottle. And okay. that's uh, if I do that two times during the race, that's 40 seconds down the drain. But I think Martin can improve my marathon time by three to four minutes. Really? Yeah, easily. So, so uh, it's, it's worth the extra time. Uh, and plus, you're getting your water that way, so you're not stopping at aid stations for water. So you know you might even be close to zero. Uh, That's impressive. Zero cost. And and what is your favorite running belt to carry all of this stuff? Well, people ask that all the time, but they keep changing models, and they always take the good models and change them so that they aren't any good anymore. Um, I have an Ultimate Direction two bottle belt from about three or four years ago that I I really like a lot. Uh, I wouldn't run a marathon with both of them full. Uh, you know, that's a lot of weight to carry around. Yeah. But, uh, but uh, so you just have to have to look at what's currently out there and, and, and try, try one until you find one you like, because, you know, to me, that's the best way of getting nutrition is to carry it with you. And if you have to rely on what's at an aid station, then, you know, you just have to hope you like what's on offer. And I don't like, uh, but they have there at all, you know, goos and goos and things. They don't work for you. Yeah. yeah. It's a commitment to carry stuff around, but it's important that you have your gear with you. Now, uh, do you have a favorite running watch? Uh, I use Garmin and I keep getting new garments when my uh, old garments go away, but it's more like the devil I know than the devil I don't. So uh, every watch seems to have its fans and critics. Uh, but uh, 
So uh, yeah, I like my Garmin and I'm kind of married to it. I mean, I train watching my Garmin constantly to keep myself on pace and I race like I train, you know, I'm constantly, well, until I reach the point where I, I, I know exactly by feel how, how fast I'm going, but uh, you know, during the first 10 miles of a race, you know, I'll look at my watch, you know, a hundred times to make sure I'm on pace. Oh, interesting. Now, uh, has anything gone awry during a race? Have you fallen? Have has you anything ever gone awry? <laughs> Let's hear it. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. I, um, of course, I've seen more things go awry with some of my fellow competitors. But uh, I mean, you know, right from the starting gun, I've been in races where you know people, you know, fell in the first ten feet and there were big pileups. And you know, I'd say, "What happened to you?" He says, "I never, you know, never got out of the gate." Uh, so there's that kind of thing. Uh, oh, question for you. Hmm. Rudy and I were talking about this recently. We think the countdown at a start line is very, very dangerous because it causes a surge and people just start to move forward. Your pileups, were they at a race where people were doing a countdown? Boy, I don't think I've really had any trouble until right after the start line. I mean, yeah, people are surging forward and it's crowded, but you're still not, you know, you're just shuffling. You know, okay. and, but boy, as soon as you hit that start line, everybody's in full stride. And all you do is, you know, and the most, well, the most dangerous thing are people on the front line who are slow mm -hmm. and, you know, you're, you're chugging along and all of a sudden the, the seas part and there's this guy right in front of you and, you know, you might, might run over him. Uh, I'm convinced, I was convinced for several years at the Broad Street run in Philadelphia that there was a good chance that somebody would die in that race because wow. they even encouraged you know, old people to get up there at the start line and you've got, uh, it's, it's a stampede. And, uh, fortunately I think they've changed the rules there, but, uh, yeah, it's interesting. Uh, we at a corral with an honor system or a start line with an honor system where we say, listen, if you're going to run a five minute mile right up front, if you're going to go six minute mile right behind, but we can see, we know who's capable of doing that five minute mile and it's not you, you know, on occasion there's people who are saying, please scooch yeah, back. It's no offense. It's a safety issue. Um, but yeah, it, it can be dangerous for certain. Yep. Slow people at the start is the, the most uh, dangerous part of running. I think. Wow. Wow. All right. So what are some other things, weird things that have specifically happened to you out on a course? Uh, let's see. Oh, I guess because it was recently news, you know, you, Two or three times, you'll see people have had uh, a little bit of problem with the brown stuff coming out of their shorts. You know, fortunately, that hasn't happened uh, to me. Uh, in some shorter races, you know, I, I was kind of in danger of it, and that's that's just such a terrible. I can't imagine going through a marathon uh, with the, with the need for a movement. It's uh, just uh, now, you know, now, Gene, worst nightmare. What would your game plan be? Would you would you stop and use the porta potty, or would yeah, you? Yeah, I mean, you know, <laughs> don't know what I'd do if I thought I only had five minutes to go for a world record or something. But most of the time, you know, I'd say, oh well, bad bad preparation, bad Correct. planning, and I'd uh, try and find a safe place to, uh, you know, safe place to go. Okay. All right. I so doubt you... if I would ever get to the point where that was that extreme that uh, I wouldn't uh, have a porta potty to head to. Yeah, yeah, that would be tough. I was just reading about um, 
a woman who's had it happen a few times today and she had a, she had a really good attitude about it. I was impressed. I, I, I might be devastated if something like that happened to me, but. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those things where it's always more awful if it happens to you because you see it happen to somebody else. You say, oh, well, you know, that's, that's running. Right, 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 right. So any, what experiences have you had? I'm still trying to find. Uh, that. <laughs> I'm uh, trying to think. Um, I know a lot of races haven't, uh, haven't, you're, you're talking more about just, just having a bad race. Uh, no, bad race, weird race. I once put biofreeze on the top of my thighs. I was running it up and it got into my crotch, for example. That happened to me <laughs> mid-race, mid-half marathon. It was, <laughs> it was a bad day. <laughs> oh, all right. So that, that reminded me of something. I went for a trail run in the Grand Tetons once. My wife insisted that I take some bear spray. And so I, you know, I bought a can and they read the directions. The directions look really top notch. They told you, you know, the warning signs of, of, of a bear that looks aggressive and how to aim the can and all that. And then it said, make sure to test it before you run. I said, all right. And, you know, knew, knew enough to aim downwind. So I pressed the button and aimed at something to make sure I had the, had the right fire. The thing is, it wouldn't turn off. <laughs> and oh. I had to reach out the top of the can and, and try and grab the trigger and pull it. Now I had bear spray all over my hands. And once you get bear spray on your hands, it's going to get anywhere your hands go. You know, if you're going to accidentally, you know, wipe your nose. And all of a sudden you're going to yeah. bear spray on your nose. I don't even want to talk about the first time I had to take a whiz by the side of the trail. So it's, uh, yeah, don't test bear spray. That's, okay. that's the take home. Okay, only spray it if there's a bear. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and I will also vouch for not putting biofreeze in your crotch. I don't recommend that <laughs> at all. Just, you know, for anyone who's considering it. So we have a couple of questions for you. Mario wants to know what your favorite running shoe is. Oh, boy, I have so many of them. Um, because I have training shoes for road, training shoes for trail, I've got racing shoes for road, trail, long distance, short distance, muddy conditions. So I just uh, go and look for the best shoe in all those categories. Uh, for marathons, yeah, I have the uh, those Nike Nike shoes that everybody uh, wears on race day. The ones and, with the carbon uh, plates. Excuse me. The ones with the carbon plates that have. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, I think yeah, I think they're probably good for a minute or two. Um, okay. uh, if if only psychologically, I I try not to wear them until the last second because as soon as you put them on, you say, "Oh man, am I going to run fast today?" Because they feel okay. so terrific. You just they're just like running light on your feet, and uh, uh, I don't want to lose that feeling. So I never train in them. Okay. Try not to warm up in them before the race. Uh, great shoes. Uh, for trail shoes, I must have five or six kinds and training shoes, I don't know, you know, four or five kinds there in reserve. So just the night, just the, uh, just the Nike shoes for marathons. That's the only, only real go-to I've got. What are your top three favorite marathons that you would recommend other people do? And you have to only pick three. Well, it'd be a surprise to most people. I don't really like big city marathons. Um, 
I just do them because that's where the competition is. So yeah, I'll do Boston every year and New York every 10 years or, or, or something like that. But, you know, to show up at a race where there are 100 people or 3000 people or so, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's a little more cozy, you know, yeah. I, everybody there is uh, out because they're, they, they love, uh, they love running and they don't need the big, the big crowds to cheer them on. It's, it's them in the, in the course. And, uh, and it's a little easier to strike up friendships at these uh, smaller sure. places too. So <clears throat> I'd say uh, my favorite course is always someplace that I've, I've wanted to go anyway. Uh, uh, I use that to uh, pick up a lot of places. Uh, the Crater Lake Marathon. I always wanted to go to Crater Lake ever since I was a kid. So I learned there was a marathon there. I ran it, loved that marathon. Death Valley, I'd never been to Death Valley. So I ran the Death Valley Trail Marathon. And uh, uh, wow, terrific race. Either of those are just just great fun out west. And don't worry about Death Valley. They run in the winter time, you know, nice and cool. Okay. Uh, and you run through a couple states and down through a slot canyon. Terrific race. Uh, uh, so, uh, and all the other, all the other small marathons I've done, you know, just fond memories of all of them. Hard to pick one out. Yeah, it would be very, very difficult to choose. I people ask, "What's your favorite race to announce?" I'm like, "Oh, you're kidding me!" It's like choosing my favorite kid. I can't. Yeah. I could tell you why each one is special, but. Uh, yeah, I like that you pursue athletic adventure and travel. What did you do professionally? What was your job? I was a computer programmer. So, um, yeah, just uh, sat on my butt all day long. Uh, and, and uh, But I loved every minute of it. I retired about when I was 64. So I'd be getting on uh, nine years now. And uh, But, boy, I, boy, I loved it. I thought when I retired I'd be... Uh, just keep programming, but just stuff that I enjoyed. But I don't know, my to-do list just keeps getting longer and longer. Part of that procrastination problem, I, I told right. you. <laughs> <laughs> so, right. So uh, it doesn't look like I'll program anytime soon. And then your wife travels with you. So she was on that cruise to Antarctica you went on. Does she also run? She doesn't. Uh, you know, I tell people that she still works. I play. It, it, it's a good deal. But uh, both my daughters uh, run, and uh, they're both pretty good runners. Uh, my younger daughter lives in San Francisco. She's run 30 marathons, and she's got her PR down to 315. Wow. And my older daughter had only done one marathon till this year, and I talked her into a 50K. And she says, well, okay, I'll, I'll do a 50K, but only if you pace me because I'm not sure I can make it. She left me so far behind. Did she? She ended up finishing fourth overall, you know, first woman, beat me by an hour. And uh, all of a sudden she's hooked. <laughs> she immediately signed up and ran a 100K and did the same thing, fourth overall. Uh -huh. And uh, so she wants me to run a hundred miler with her next year. And I said, I'll pace you the last 50 miles. Obviously I'm not gonna try and run, keep up with you for a hundred miles. So uh, I've got a marathoner and an ultra marathoner daughter. It's uh, and those are always highlights of the year. Or, or, you know, and I try and make time to run a, a couple races uh, each with them uh, every year. Now, question, since you mentioned her winning overall, have you won any races overall? Have you been the first guy? Overall, um, I've come close a couple times. I did win one major race overall, but 
and they announced it that way in the in the Trail Runner magazine. But uh, it was the race uh, race for the ages, uh, or run for the ages. I keep always forgetting which one. You know, it's one of Laz's races where uh, every runner gets one hour for every year of their age to see how many miles they can run on a one mile loop. So I was 68 uh, or 66, and I got 66 hours to do as many uh, loops as I could. And I ended up running 205 miles and uh, winning by about 20 miles. So uh, impressive. What's the longest you've ever run for time wise? Longest? Uh, well, that would be the uh, Moab 240 where I ran about 100 and 118 hours, something like that. That's four, uh, five days? Is that five days of running? Yeah, four, little, four and a half days or so. Um, now, of course, you're not running all the time. Right. And in fact, I always say mm, running in a, in a big long trail race because you run when you can, you walk when you can't, and you uh, sleep when you have to. And uh -huh. Uh, these endurance runs, you know, it's not, they're not stage races, you know, the clock is always ticking. So if you take a nap, uh, you can't uh, take too many of them and uh, sure. limit my naps to about two hours. The first one will be after 36 hours and then maybe one or one every day, day or two after that, or maybe two, one or two a day after that. <clears throat> uh, so that's another skill you have to learn is managing sleep deprivation in an ultra trail race because in a 200 mile rate in a hundred mile race, eh, if you just run 30 straight, 24, 30 straight hours, it's no big deal. But in a 200 mile race, boy, when sleep deprivation hits, it is a truly awful thing. I mean, you just, it's just, you know, your legs can hardly move. Your brain is totally frazzled and it's a miracle you can make it to the next aid station and uh, and grab a little nap. Uh, so what you have to do is you have to learn things like taking a little five minute power nap, just lean against the tree or sit on a stump, and that'll get you going for another half hour. You know, caffeine tablet that'll get you maybe three hours. Okay. But aid stations are sometimes eight hours apart, so if it hits wow. early, you know, you can be in real trouble. Wow. Um, what it, what uh, what goes on in your head? I don't know. Yeah, that's a long time to be alone with you and your thoughts. Do you listen to podcasts on the go? I mean, what do you do? Oh, uh, no, I never, never listen to music during a race. Uh, I'll take them on training run, sure. But uh, a race, I would never want to diminish, you know, the, the, the being in the moment during a race. Even during a trail race, when I may be eight hours, 10 hours all by myself in the wilderness, you know, just me and the mountain lions and the bears. Um, it's, uh, yeah, I, I just love all the sights and sounds, even if it's my own labored breathing. So you're not making plans for your vacation up here or computer programming or anything else? Oh, really? No, I guess my mind really doesn't wander much during trail race. I'm just looking at the scenery, thinking about, uh, you know, what's coming up and what I've seen so far. It's just, uh, just, just such a great experience. Yeah, uh, you're a very special man, Gene. And I know we have a lot of athletes doing similar things of all ages, but 
Uh, you seem to have it down pat. Uh, going back to the fitness side of things, it's it's not always about living long. It's also about living well, and you're doing that. And so what words of wisdom would you share to you know, grownups, anyone who's 50 above who's sitting back saying, I can't, maybe they're overweight, maybe they just don't exercise on the, mm -hmm. on, on the whole. I mean, you really have accomplished so much. You're such a role model for fitness. Well, I've seen so many success stories out there. And so, you know, a combination of any one of those and my own attitude with, with the fact that, you know, running is so much fun once, yeah. once you get over the hump. That's the one thing I tell all beginning runners is there is nothing, no pain that's worse than the pain of just starting out. And I think a lot of people run the, run once and say, well, wow, if it hurt that much to run that slowly, what's it going to feel like to run faster? And the answer is it feels better to run faster than slower because the fitter you get, uh, the better it is. All my easiest marathons have been my record-setting marathons. Uh, I mean because you're running to exactly what you've been trained trained to do. And it's during training when you're trying to push yourself to new levels that, you know, that's harder. Yeah. So you just start out, start out easy. And just, there are three ways to improve. You can improve by going a little faster, a little longer, or a little more often. And just mix those up every week, month, year, just do one of those three things. And, uh, and you'll look back and say, wow, I can't believe I'm doing this, you know, and, and now it's ordinary. And, and I always thought I'd probably reach my limit. And every year, by just trying to do a little more is, you know, always, a, always amazing, you know, how much more you have in you if you just, just keep, keep increasing. I love that. Make the impossible eventually seem ordinary. And there's so many ways to use running. You can use it as a as a social thing. You can do use it to lose weight. To, you know, I don't have any any knowledge of depression, but a lot of people have pulled themselves out of mental problems by getting out there and running. Um, you know, that's one of the big features of the Back on My Feet charity that uh, uh, one of my daughters uh, is on the board of, and uh, it's. Uh, yeah, there's just so many ways to enjoy running. Find what works for you. Trail running, road running, cross country. Treadmill. Um, yeah, some people could even enjoy that. You know, I wouldn't get caught dead on one, but one uh, you know, that doesn't mean it can't be fun for you. I, I love the treadmill, but I just love exercise in general. So there's almost no, no medium that I don't enjoy. As long as my body's moving, I'm fine. I'm fine. But yeah, the treadmill is great when it's raining or when it's too dark. Nah, no, nah, I love out running in the rain. I love running in the dark. Well, yeah, yeah, it's safe. It's safe. But but yeah, I prefer yeah. to be outside and my dog certainly mm -hmm. prefers it when I go outside to run as well. All right. So what are you looking forward to most about this year, Jean? For 2022 coming up? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's, uh, let's see. I've got so much going on. I have four key races. Remember, I have to satisfy two itches. Yeah. So my four key road racing events would be the Boston Marathon and the London Marathon. Uh, and the two uh, track and field championships, the USATF and the World Masters Association. 
uh, World Masters Association gets me to Finland, where, where I've never been. Uh, Beautiful. So that'll be fun. And the other key race is a 100-mile trail race. Every year I have to do complete a 100-miler that is a qualifier for Western states. And uh, that's the one I'll attempt. This will be my third attempt there because the last two were can well they weren't canceled because of covid but norway's borders were closed because of covid so uh they keep rolling over my entry year after year so uh, looking forward to doing the, that 100 miler in norway what, now those are the ones not... that i'm looking most forward to for competition okay but remember the ones i really look forward to are trail yeah. running and in may six friends and I are getting together just to run adventure runs uh, in Southern Utah, you know, in Zion and Bryce and Goblin Valley, Canyonlands National Park, you know, we just every day a, a new get out there and just run for the fun of an adventure. And uh, boy, I'm really, really, really looking forward to that. I love it. I love, I love that you're, you're walking the walk. You live that life of athletic adventure and clearly let nothing slow you down. And I, and I do think you inspire a lot of people to get moving and do better, do better, be better. Right, Gene? Life's mm -hmm. good. I've talked to a lot of people do, into doing their first 50 miler and uh, I don't think any of them have regretted uh, my talking them into it. It's, uh, you know, so what if you don't, don't finish? You'll still have had a great adventure no matter how much of, of it you've done. Just try some of these longer races. Uh, they're just, they're just so much fun. That's right. That's right. What's the worst that can happen? All right, Gene. So a lot of these people would like to follow you now that they know you. Where can mm -hmm. people follow you on social media? Okay. Well, Facebook is easy. Oh, and uh, sort of like a little, little pet peeve about people who send me Facebook requests. I mean, okay. I get hundreds of them and I, I really enjoy, you know, meeting runners this way, but people will send me a Facebook request and it's not obvious from their profile why I should be their friend. Um, they hide their, their personal details. They hide their posts from people who aren't their friends. And I just look at them and say, well, you know, I can't be their friend just because they want me. I mean, that's, uh, you know, yeah. So send me a message if it isn't clear. I I'm almost certainly would uh, love to be your friend, but I have to, I have to know something about you. I mean, uh, you know, there are certain kinds of posts that people might do that uh, I don't want to don't want to see. So uh, okay. if I don't know anything about them, you know, I can't take that chance. So uh, easy to find me on Facebook. Love to hear from you. Uh, I answer you know, every question that's sent my way on Facebook. Uh, there's another way to contact me or just to uh, see what I've been up to. And that's my website. My daughter made it for me. It's uh, she did a really great job, and it's ultrageezer.com. Love it. Yeah, and uh, you'll find e e z e r. Yeah, ultrageezer one word. dot com. Love yeah. it. And, uh, you know, you see past results, schedule. Uh, at some point, I'll have a whole bunch of blog entries in there. I have about ten or twelve that I've been meaning to put on there that uh, haven't made it yet. Uh, probably this interview will, will be listed on the publicity page and good. And, uh, so, uh, it, it's a good resource just in case you're curious. Ultra geezer. And you're on Instagram too. I know this because I tag. Yeah. 
my daughter says I should. Oh, you got to post more on Instagram, Dad. I mean, that's. But uh, I don't know. Never get around to it. So, uh, yeah, I, I I kind of use Instagram to post isolated pictures. Sometimes about running, more often about you know vacation or something. But uh, yeah, you can send me a message there. I might see it <laughs> in a month or so. I always have a hard time. I get these messages on my phone that Facebook, you know, somebody has left you a message on Instagram and then I can't find it. It's just, <laughs> to me, it's the most awkward interface I've ever seen. That's right. Okay. All right. So steer clear of Instagram, give Jean a break, reach out on Facebook, say hello, or be obvious. It always helps me if someone's wearing a running outfit. If they, if they have a finish line photo as their profile picture, <clears throat> I can normally accept them as a weirdo, but I, I keep hitting that. 5,000 friend limit on Facebook. It drives me absolutely bonkers. <laughs> so then I have to go through and systematically try and find people to delete, which feels really, really yeah. bad, but I don't know. Yeah, it's a, it, it's hard. But I try and look, I, I try and look through the profile of every person who sends a friend request and, uh, you know, and I found reasons to friend them, even if they didn't, weren't obviously runners because they have nice high quality posts. So you just look and say, well, what, am I, what would he see in my posts? If he sees nothing but pictures of my kids, you know, you know, hey, you got great looking kids, but why should we be friends, you know? Right, right. Yeah, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's you gotta be, uh, what's discriminating. Yeah, I mean, everybody has a different, different set of things. I'm just warning people about mine. Okay. If you're a runner, you're, you're almost certainly, certainly in. That's right. That's right. The into Jean's inner circle, inner circle. Well, this has been super fun, Jean. I'm really glad um, we got together. Thank you so much for being a guest on my show. I hope to see you at a race soon. All right. Uh, well, look at my schedule and make sure you uh, tell me if there are any of those you'll be at. I will. I will. I'll hunt you down. In fact, I may send you suggestions. Come to my races. That's really what's most important, Jean, is you should do a whole year just running the races I announce. Well, I'm looking here. I've got uh, maybe four open weekends left. <laughs> no, no, no. We're going to reschedule you just so you can oh, run my okay. races. And every time I'm going to give you a very special start and finish line announcement, and you can do a special finish line performance as you cross through it. You, oh, what, oh, is your, what is your go-to? Are you a hands-up guy? Oh, uh, no, I don't do somersaults. Uh, <laughs> and... Uh, I, I, I maybe I'll raise an arm, but no, I'm I'm not into big finish salutes. Just try and smile, which which isn't hard. I'm usually smiling all the way through all my races. Uh, another thing I'm kind of known for because I really am having fun out there, and it's been shown scientifically that if you smile while you're running, it helps you power through some of the uh, harder harder times. Yeah, I've read that too. I've read that. I, I have a hard time not smiling, so I'm with you on that one. All right, mister, I'm going to let you have your day. Thanks again, Jean. And um, everyone else, follow Jean on Facebook. You can follow me at Fitness. Go get your annual exam, squeeze your stuff, and we'll see you soon. Get to work, team. Bye. Well, this is wonderful. Bye now. Thanks, Jean.